Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we chat with jazz artist Emma Frank about her latest album, Come Back. We also speak with singer-songwriter M. Pompa of the Montreal-based band Bellflower about their new album called Upside Down. We also have some new music for you to check out from Dua Lipa, Jeff Goldblum, and Michael Buble. Joining us on the show now is jazz artist Emma Frank, who has spent time honing her craft in Montreal before moving to New York City to continue her artistic journey. Emma, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thanks so much. Hi. So when did your career in music actually take off? How did things get percolating? Huh. Well, uh, it's hard to say because... You know, every step of the way, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. And then also, I'm a waitress. So I've been putting in steady work for the last 10 years as a songwriter. And I think I released my first record, was it six years ago? And it's just like a slow, steady process and kind of, Every step of the way, there are things that I'm like, wow, that's so that's so cool that I get to go to Europe next week. That's so awesome, and I'm so excited about it. And also, like, I wish I was going for longer. There's like, there's always something that I want to improve on and and do better. But also, like, yeah, just to say it's in slow and steady. Now, talk a little bit about that, because I think some people don't really appreciate or realize the struggle that, um, you know, young artists have to go through to get themselves where they're going, because not everybody turns into Ariana Grande overnight. So, right. <laughs> so, yeah, like, and also, I think as, a, as, as an artist like you are, I'm sure you do a lot of work on your own with regards to promotion and all that kind of stuff. So you're a businesswoman at the same time. 100%. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's really, it's it's interesting, and I've been talking with um, friends about this a lot recently, especially because I'm doing this kind of, like, press for, for the new record, is um, to mention, do I mention that I'm a waitress? And there's been some debate, like, does, when when we hear that somebody has another job other than music, that they don't make their living entirely off of music, do we then think that music is a hobby? for them rather than a calling. And um, the reality for me and for a lot of artists in New York is um, it takes a lot of time for music to be financially even self-sustaining. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I also like, I work at a really great restaurant and I, I so value that, that part of my life. Um, and it, gives me the freedom to write and um, focus on, you know, this kind of specific personal artistic journey that I'm going on as opposed to going to auditions all the time. Yeah. Well, I think it's great that you've been honest about that because I think so many artists wouldn't be because I think there could be... um views of it of of like almost like a stigma like oh my god like she's not like she has to waitress and she can't just you know I think I think people don't always understand just how much um indie artists actually go through to get where they're going and the amount of time and money uh, just to get yourself heard and all that especially because there's so many people trying to do the same thing and actually can you speak to that I guess with regards to New York City because I'm sure a lot of people show up there to kind of do what you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's it's interesting because um we're so lucky that we get to make art I'm so freaking lucky that I get to make art. And um, 
I think that there are so many ways that we kind of, um, we maybe go to college. I didn't go to college for music, but I know a lot of people who did. I went to college for literature, which is kind of equally in the artsy zone, but that you, um, you maybe expect given how much you put in to have kind of similar, um, career roadblocks as your friends who maybe went to law school and went to medical school. And that's just not how it works necessarily. And sometimes you're lucky and also talented and sometimes you're really talented and it's just not your time yet. But I think that the kind of ethos that I'm trying to live with and that everybody I know here in New York is trying to live with is just like, we're here to make stuff and to be around each other. And if we also get to tour, that's awesome. And if we also get to share our music with like a wider audience outside of our own artistic community, that's really amazing. Um, but that like, first and foremost, are we enjoying the lives we're leading day to day? And I am. That's awesome. And what's your thoughts on the Montreal jazz scene versus the New York jazz scene? Because I know you spent time here uh, where I live in Montreal, and so and which is a mecca of jazz for Canada, and a lot of people around the world show up for our jazz fest um, each and every summer. So yeah, what's the difference between Montreal and jazz scenes and, and New York jazz scenes? Oh man, I mean, New York's just so much bigger. So it's sort of like that's um, there is a, a place for everybody here where I think in Montreal, there are so many unique and beautiful kind of voices coming out of that city. Um, But I think that in terms of like scenes, there, there are only enough people to have a handful of scenes. Whereas in New York, there's sort of like, you know, an infinite number of scenes for any and all possible interests that people might have musically. Joining us on the show is jazz artist Emma Frank. You can grab all of her social media handles by hitting up her website, emmafrankmusic.com. I read that your musical sound is kind of constantly changing. It can sort of be uh, folk, jazz, and R&B, depending on the song. Why do you think that is? Um, I have been singing lots of different kinds of music for a long time, and I grew up singing great American songbook stuff. I grew up listening to a lot of soul um, and a lot of R&B and a lot of folk. And um, I'm just kind of using the tool, the tools that I have in my toolbox, the like languages that I've kind of integrated into my person, into my musical vocabulary to express myself. Now, talk to us about the new album. So it's called Comeback. What's it about? And is it like an overall theme or is it a collection of different songs? It's a collection of different songs, but um, many of the songs are written from a place of returning, a place of kind of settling in and feeling safe for for the first time in a long time. Um, and so I wrote a lot of these songs about kind of uh, honoring commitments, um, putting down roots, kind of coming back to the moment, even when things feel difficult and you want to um, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> yeah. You want to, you know, 
just moving through discomfort and, and allowing that to be a place for growth. And now that the album is uh, completed and, and uh, is, is, is released, how do you feel that you have grown as an artist and a human because of this experience recording this album? Hmm. It, that's a funny question because um, it's so much a part of my daily life that I, I'm not sure that I can like, um, that I can say like, Oh, here was that point in the record where I learned this about myself. It's just like, I'm because I've been making music because I've been writing songs um, and recording them, like making an album is sort of um, how I track my evolution. Just one of the ways that I track my evolution as a person and also one of the ways that I like kind of aid that evolution. So I don't know. I think that I've like, it's, it's been a pretty, pretty cool experience in the same way that I was talking about, like working through discomfort. I think that this record kind of pushed me to simplify, which is sort of like paradoxical, but um, pushed me to strip down a little bit in a, in a way that was good for me artistically. If someone is coming to this album new, meaning like they don't know your previous releases, what song would you want them to hear first? Probably I thought, but it's the first song on the record, so that's easy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. And when you um, were sequencing the album, how much time and thought went into that? Because I know, you know, just from uh, certain legendary pop albums that I'm a big fan of, like I've spoken to some of their producers and obviously there's great thought that goes into that. And so I'm just wondering, was it challenging for you to, to figure out the order of things? Wow. I forgot all about that stage, which is like, that's a serious stage. And it's generally when I start going crazy because I, I listen to the record with so many different, um, in so many different orders that I, I can't even tell what I think anymore. But yeah, I do, I do try and give a lot of care to that and um definitely by the end of that process i i have to look for outside help and my producer and friend and the the guitar player on the record frankie or so was really really helpful with that and generally it's just kind of amazing at like being my ears being my um instincts and intuition when i am a little bit tapped out where do you plan to take this album? Like, are you, I know you mentioned going overseas. So do you plan to go other places in the States? Do you want to stick mostly to New York? Like, and are you coming back to Canada to make people aware of what you've just released? Yeah, totally. So um, September 14th, we're playing in Paris and then London on September 15th, Berlin, September 17th, Hamburg, September 18th. And then in October, we come back stateside we play boston on october 6th burlington vermont october 8th and then montreal october 9th at cafe resonance and um then we'll also be heading to quebec city on october 10th wakefield the black sheep inn on october 11th and um toronto finally october 12th very cool so you've got a busy next couple of weeks that's for sure 
I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what goals have you set for yourself over the next little while? Like, do you have, I know when you're in the arts is kind of, you know, uh, I think it's like it battles against our creative minds to want to plan too far ahead. But I know as a business person, you kind of have to. So where are you at with regards to what do you want to accomplish in the next year or so? Well, that's so great. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I, given my normal working habits, I, feel that pretty soon I'm going to be ready to start writing for a new record. Um, this year and this kind of album cycle, um, I've been rehearsing a lot with my band and uh, it's sort of a new and very exciting thing to me to like have band rehearsal twice a week. And it's something that I think typically playing with jazz players is not that available. Um, and I think because I'm, because I'm seeing how that processes and how that kind of affects the music, I'm just sort of interested in, in working with that in mind as I, as I move forward writing, um, writing wise. And then, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to get my hopes up for things, but you know, hopefully in Europe, they like it and they want me to come back and same in the States and same in Canada. And, um, hopefully I get to play more shows and, um, for more people. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for making time for us and you're welcome back on the show anytime. And of course, best of luck with the new album. Thank you so much. That's jazz artist Emma Frank. Grab all of her social media handles by heading to her website, emmafrankmusic.com. The Kelly Alexander Show, bringing you fresh sounds like this. Time now for some new music. Don't show up, don't come out, don't start caring about me now. Up first, one of today's favorite pop stars, Dua Lipa, is back with a brand new song called Don't Start Now. And as you can hear, this is a big change for her musically. She wanted to put her previous sounds to bed and come back with something new. And so she has been super inspired by disco, 2019 style. I think she's done a great job. Don't forget, a new album from Dua Lipa is on the way. And she's also going to be heading out on tour in 2020. Love was grand, but love was new. Birds were singing and did you know actor Jeff Goldblum, who starred in movies like Jurassic Park and Independence Day, is also a musician? Well, that is who you're hearing right now. Jeff has a jazz band, and they've just released their new album called I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. And Jeff says he is over the moon with this new album because he got to collaborate with a ton of artists, including Miley Cyrus, and that is who you're hearing right now. It's their take on The Thrill Is Gone. Now, the album cover is pretty cool. It was shot at Frank Sinatra's house, and the album itself was recorded in Hollywood. It's never too early to talk about Christmas, and the king of Canadian Christmas, Michael Bublé, is back with a brand new rendition of the classic song, White Christmas. And as you can tell, he definitely brings a big band jazzy feel to it, and his voice just screams holidays. And get this, Michael's holiday album called Christmas that he released all the way back in December of 2011 continues to be a holiday heavyweight. 
Last year, the album racked up 1 billion streams, and it will soon hit 10 million albums sold, and it's also the most listened to Christmas album in the world. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us on the show is singer-songwriter M. Pompa of the Montreal-based band Bellflower. The group have just released their new album called Upside Down and are going to be heading out on tour to support their new music. M., welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, thanks so much. So can you actually start off by describing the sound of Bellflower? Because it sounds like when I was listening to the new album that there's so many different genres that are kind of all mixed together and it all works. So how would you describe the sound of the band? Yeah, well, that's true. It's it's really hard to classify us into one particular genre, as you said. Um, I would say it's the mostly uh, indie pop orchestral uh, band with a tint of rock, uh, prog, uh, of course, jazz, because we all studied in that um, in jazz, actually. And uh, yeah, it's very cinematic, very ambient. So it's a, it's a really a, a blend of multiple multiple sides. Yeah, I don't think I've actually heard another band like yours because like it's interesting when you said the word orchestral because I was like, oh my God, like a light bulb went off. I was like, yes, that makes sense to what I was listening to (laughs) because it had all these different flavors and of course I could tell the jazz influence, but yeah, it did sound uh, orchestral. So is that like organic coming from you guys? Like, is it just the sound that you guys produce when you're together or is that like a conscious decision? Uh, well, it's a, a little bit of both. Um, we have our sound together, that's for sure. Uh, but for this album particularly, I really wanted something a little bigger, a little bit more orchestral. Uh, as soon as I started to compose these songs, um, I heard in my head something um, much more um, rich. So I, I heard already um, some strings, some extra horn, sec- uh, an extra horn section. So I immediately decided to just go for it and make it even beg- bigger. So on this album, uh, there's a string quartet and some horns uh, as well. So it's really, it's really, it's really great. It's a bit of both. Now, when it comes to the album itself, are you responsible for all the lyrics and the melodies or do you guys collaborate? Like, how does that all come about? Uh, well, basically, I start writing these songs uh, on my own. Um, the lyrics, it's all me. Uh, usually, I do kind of a, like um, a small blueprint of the of the of the song. I, I have a pretty good idea of how I want it to sound. Um, so yeah, I write for the piano a bit, for the bass. I, I usually sing the horns on um, uh, a program that I have on my computer. Uh, so I basically I try to put as much. Uh, material as possible and then I work really closely with uh, William Cote uh, who is the drummer of the band and the co-founder with me of Bellflower and he really um, of course he he finds the beat and everything because for me drums is like completely crazy it's a, it's an instrument that is really really hard for me to play and even understand uh, so I, I leave him all of that. And he really helps me with the arrangements as well. He really helps me to uh, think outside the box because I really have my my um, classic like um, reflexes to always kind of do the same type of writing. Uh, so yeah, I work really closely with Will. And then after we bring these songs to the band and we just build them uh, together. But as I said before, it's it's mainly, I have a lot, a lot of ideas that I bring at the beginning, and then I let these people uh, suggest uh, things as well because they're so great musicians and they have so many good ideas. So every idea is listened to and in, and is tried as well. So that's really um, that's really what makes Bellflower uh, very rich. I believe. 
Can you talk to us about how the band came together and how you decided to call the, the band Bellflower? I know, like you said earlier, you guys were studying jazz, but how did that all work out? Uh, actually, we we met uh, in school at the University of Montreal. We were, we were all in a jazz program over there. So we started to play together uh, in school, but um, it immediately became super easy to just hang with these people. So they became great friends of mine. And just um, we have a great complicity. Uh, so it really shows in our music and live. So after my bachelor's, um, I decided that I had to uh, build a band with these wonderful musicians and uh, we've been playing ever since I think we've been playing together for like seven years now which is pretty pretty amazing it's still the all the original band members um, which is really really important for me because we're really a great uh, a big great family and um, well the name Bellflower that's really um, that's really funny actually um, it's really really hard to find a good a good name for a band, something original. So we were just like brainstorming and never coming up with a, with an interesting idea. So actually Will and I, we watched uh, the movie Bellflower, which uh, takes scene in Bellflower, which is a city in California. And that movie is go, go everybody. When, if you're listening, go see that movie. It is pretty crazy. It's very, very interesting, but very dark, very uh, psychological kind of thriller. And I said to myself, how can something so dark have such a wonderful name to it? So I just, I really, I really, really love that movie. So I just said, Hey, why not be called Bellflower? It sounds good. So I didn't really want to push further and try to find something more interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that's how, that's how the name began. Well, I think it works. I think it's, it's like two words that are kind of cool on their own and then it works yeah. well together. So I think that's awesome. And uh, I wanted yeah. to ask you too about the new album. Why did you call it Upside Down? Well, Upside Down uh, for me is kind of, um, it's, uh, well, actually the album uh, talks a lot about uh, duality, how we live with it. Um, it's basically saying that in life, there's no sweet without, without sour. So for me, life is not only a straight line. There are a lot, a lot of ups and downs. And every decision that you make alternates that line, that, that uh, path that you're on. So it's really okay to take risks, to be afraid, and to feel vulnerable at times. Um, so upside down, it's kind of like that critical moment where you have to decide what you're going to do and which path you're going to choose. So I think it's really, you can either dwell on that feeling of fear, of pain, or you can work with it and really try to push yourself to make things better. And I think, sincerely think that that's what makes us stronger and it's what makes us evolve in life. Now, when I was listening to the album, I didn't get to listen to all of it, but I listened to a bunch of different songs, uh, you know, as I was going through it. And I was impressed with the sequencing of the album. So I wanted to know how much thought went into that, because a lot of artists don't even do albums anymore. It's single releases, because that's the way that the world is, especially in in the world of pop music. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what it was like for you guys to figure out the sequence of the album and how you wanted it to play out for your fans. You mean the sequence, like which songs? Yeah, came which before, songs went first? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It's really something. It seems easy, but it, there's there's quite of a twist to it. It was really hard to decide first which uh, singles we were going to um, release first. Uh, so we went. We kind of went with the songs that were that we thought were a little bit more. Um, 
I'm going to say mainstream, but in parentheses. Yeah. Um, so, or like, yeah, a little bit more, a little bit more uh, catchy. So, and it's hard. There's a lot of songs that I love um, in the album and that are very, um, very personal because of course I wrote them, but you kind of have to detach yourself from that and think like, okay, what do we think people are going to grab on to and be interested, interested to come see our show or, or buy our albums? Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we, we decided to release the two first, um, first singles and for the pacing of the album, I mean, it's just, uh, it, we listen to it a lot, a lot. We move things around, but it's really, it was really important for us to, um, that the album is, is easy to listen to, that there's not allowed, not too many ups or downs, that it's really easy, uh, from the beginning to the end that it's fluid, organic, and I think we, uh, we really uh, we went with that. That's really cool. Yeah, I really like the flow of the album. Joining us on uh, the show is singer-songwriter M. Pampa from Montreal-based band Bellflower. You can grab all their social media handles by hitting up their website, themusicofbellflower.com. Um, I know that you guys are heading out to do some dates around Quebec this fall. Are you going to be heading elsewhere <laughs> in Canada or maybe even the States to get your music out there? Uh, we don't know yet, but uh, we're working on that uh, really, really, really hard. Um, we really hope to to go everywhere uh, around the world, that's for sure. That's kind of the dream. Um, but yeah, dates are going to uh, line up pretty soon, I'm thinking. Uh, so keep an eye, keep an eye out for uh, for that. We really hope to come to the states to go uh, even further into Canada and all around the world. That would be just fantastic. I wanted to get your opinion too on being based out of Montreal. Now I'm based out of Montreal. I love living here. I, I spent some time in Toronto, but I am a Montreal kid, and uh, you know I work in Montreal radio, and I, I love living in the mm-hmm. city. Uh, but I know that being Canadians, a lot of times everyone either thinks they need to move to Toronto or Vancouver when it comes to the arts. Even though Montreal has a great art scene and we have, you know, the, the Montreal Jazz Fest, which is known around the world mm-hmm. and we have Just for Laughs, like like we are a, a great creative city, but there's always that pull, I think, where people think to make it, quote unquote, they need to go to Toronto or Vancouver. Um, what's it like being based out of Montreal? Is it is it a good thing for you? Is it is it challenging? What, what are your thoughts? It's a great thing for me, actually, to be based in Montreal. I mean, I grew up here, um, so I feel really, really at home. And as you said, there's a great art scene here. Um, it's very, very cultural. There's a lot of art, and it's a great place to be um, inspired, actually. Uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of musicians here as well, so it's really easy to meet people and to go see so many shows. There are so many ve- venues here in Montreal, um, for me, it's really great to be here, of course, because I call it home. So that's for sure. But um, I don't know. I don't know if, um, if 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 another place would be would be better or it would make our music more uh, popular. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no, I, I really I really love it here. And that's where I met all these great, uh, great people. But I wouldn't say no to um, to try it out maybe somewhere else, but I would kind of, you know, I think, I think I would stay here. It's, I I would love to travel, but with our music, that would be, that would be great. That's the, that's the whole plan. But being in Montreal really, really, um, really helped me to discover who, who I am, what I wanted to do with music. So it's a great city to be in. And before I let you go, can you let us know, do you have specific plans or uh, goals that you want to achieve with Bellflower over like the next six months to a year um, to keep pushing you guys in the right direction? 
Well, for sure. We, we just love to play and we love to share our music with, with people that are ready for it. Uh, even people that are uh, that may be not so sure, but that finally they come to our shows. That's just really the best thing for us. Um, so, yeah, in the next year, we just hope that a lot of people will get a chance to, to see us perform, listen to our music. And uh, we just want to keep going. As I said before, we're such a great uh, family. We have such a great team and it's so, it's so um, satisfying to see us all together after seven years and to still be uh, interested in the band and the music. And that's really my page is to be able to, to spend some time with, with my wonderful friends and create stuff and just be a part of the art scene. It's just wonderful. So we're pushing hard to uh, to keep going and to to get people to come see our shows. You did mention to the shows, and I wanted to ask you, what can people expect when they do go see a Bellflower show? What sets you apart from other groups? Oh, my God. There's so much, so much energy. It's crazy. Um, well, we're eight on stage, so for the eyes, it's completely insane because uh, we play a lot of different instruments, everybody. So it's really, really great to see us. Um it's very energetic. It's very ambient. It's very uh, emotional. There's really, really a great, great scale of so many styles, so many, so many feelings, I would say. Um, a lot of people, when they see us for the first time, they tell us, oh, my God, you guys are just they, they tell us that we're able to go get them from their seat and bring them uh, with us in our, our in our whole musical world. So that, for me, is really, really fun. And we, we love each other so much, the, the band members, and it really shows uh, on live. And it's just a big, 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 great party. Em, thank you so much for spending time with us. Again, I was super impressed with uh, the sound of the album and, again, how you guys have it flowing out. So I wish you nothing but success with this. Thank you so very much for having me. That is singer-songwriter M. Pompa, again from uh, Montreal-based band Bellflower. Grab all their social media, check out their music by hitting up their website, themusicofbellflower.com. The Kelly Alexander Show. Things are definitely moving and shaking in the entertainment industry this week. Taylor Swift is about to win some more hardware. The American Music Awards have decided to give Taylor Artist of the Year at the upcoming award ceremony later on this month. Now, Taylor has won 23 American Music Awards over the course of her career, including picking up the Artist of the Year trophy for four different times. So receiving this honor makes a lot of sense. The only other time, by the way, that this award has been given out was to Garth Brooks all the way back in the year 2000. And Taylor could also be picking up some more awards at this year's ceremony because she's nominated five times and she will also be performing. The American Music Awards happen on Sunday, November 24th at 8 o'clock live from Los Angeles. Lady Gaga is heading back to the movies. Word is flowing around that Gaga is teaming up with legendary director Sir Ridley Scott on a movie about the Gucci fashion family. Now, so far, the film does not have a name, but the story is going to follow the ups and downs of the family and what went on when Maurizio Gucci was murdered. He happened to be the grandson of Gucci founder Guccio Gucci. Now, this is going to be Lady Gaga's first movie role since she starred in A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper. Can you believe that Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is now 25 years old? You wouldn't know it, though, because the song continues to be just as popular as ever. Last Christmas, it broke a record for the most played song in 24 hours with over 10 million streams. And earlier this year, it hit number three on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, which made it the first holiday song in about 60 years to crack the top five. And it gets better for Mariah Carey. The song has sold over 16 million copies, and that means she has racked up about 60 million 
million in royalties. No wonder Mariah loves Christmas so much. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. And of course, a big shout out to our guests, Emma Frank and M. Pampa of Bellflower. My thanks to Adam Brisson for being an amazing producer. And don't forget that you can grab us on all the major podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. We'd also love for you to check out our website, kellyalexandershow.com, and hit up our YouTube channel for all of our interviews, youtube.com slash kellyalexandershow. Have a great week. You and I'll chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.